We're going to sing Your Grace is Enough. Great is your faithfulness, O God. You wrestle with the sinner's heart. You lead us by still waters and to mercy. And nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation. And all your people sing along. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. So remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough for me. Sing it again. Your grace is enough. Heaven reaching down to us. Your grace is enough for me. God, I see that your grace is enough. And I'm covered in your love. Your grace is enough for me, for me. Hallelujah. You know, in Sunday school today, we were talking about, uh, one of the verses we studied was that we need to have a foundation of faith. And I pray that as we just sang that right there, that's where the foundation of faith comes from if we realize His grace is enough. 
we can't work our way into heaven, but through His grace, we can get there. Amen? Hallelujah. Good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of you that are here. Uh, four of our ladies are down at the coast this weekend. We need to pray they get back safely today. Uh, but guys, praise God for who's here. And let's just uh, go to the Lord in prayer this morning and ask His anointing to be upon this service. But as we go to shake hands in a moment, remember that's a brother or sister in Christ. Tell them good morning. Let them, let them know it's good to see them in God's house. Amen? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity we have today to come together in your house. And Father, I praise you, I thank you, and I love you. And uh, I can't say how much that we, we, we can lay ourselves down knowing that your grace is enough, that you chose to give us the greatest gift that could ever be given. Your grace is enough, Lord. May we just give you all praise and glory for it. Lay this service at your feet, and may your will be done, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Walk around, shake somebody's hand, tell them it's good to see them this morning. Yeah, I've been missing you. Yeah. Your grandma's over there at the other church. Heard of little Moses in the bulrush. You have heard of fearless David in his swing. You have heard the story told of dreaming Joseph and of Jonah and the well you often see. There are many, many others in the Bible. I should like to meet them all, I do declare. By and by the Lord will surely let me meet them at that meeting in the air. There is going to be a meeting in the air in the sweet, sweet by and by. I'm going to meet you, I'll meet you over there in that hole beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear, it will be glorious, I do declare, I declare. And God's own Son will be that leading one at that meeting in the air. Many things there will be missing at that meeting, for the mourner's bench will have no place at all. There will never be a sermon preached to sinners, for the sinner has refused to meet the call. There will be no mourning over wayward loved ones, there will be no lonely lights of green prayer. All our burdens, all our anguish will be lifted at that meeting in the air. There is going to be a meeting in the air, in the sweet, sweet by and by. By and by, I am going to meet you, to meet you over there, in that home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear. It will be glorious, I do declare, I declare. And God's own Son will be the leading one at that meeting in the air. There the doubters will be missing altogether. All the skeptics will be absent on that day. Hey, hooray! There will be no grumblers present to disturb us. And the Aikens will be busy far away. There the saints will have a seal upon their foreheads, dressed in raiment of the ransom ones can wear. All who have the wedding garments will be present at that meeting in the air. There is going to be a meeting in the air, in the sweet, sweet by and by, by and by. 
God, I am going to meet you. I'll meet you over there in that home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear. It'll be glorious, I do declare. I declare. And God's own son, you'll be the leading one at that meeting in the Thank you, brother. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, isn't it great that we have these guys that are willing to come up early and practice and lead us in worship every Sunday? Yeah, give God the glory for that. The only announcements I really have this morning, uh, again, be in prayer. We got quite a few folks. Uh, it was mentioned to me, it's not just those four at the coast. We got quite a few people went on vacation this weekend. I don't know. Um, no, it must have been vacation weekend. Somebody forgot to tell me, but that's okay. So uh, keep 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 your brothers and sisters, if you don't see them here this morning, in prayer for safe travels. The only announcement I'm going to throw out right now is to uh, our fall festival. I want to point out that our fall festival is getting closer, and we are really behind on the candy. Now, I did um, uh, ask the, the uh, powers to be that does all the intelligent IT stuff that I'm not intelligent enough to do to put that on our Facebook to remind people we need candy, but I'm also putting it out to you guys. Uh, if God lays it on your heart, you're at Costco or Sam's or something like that or Walmart, grab you a bag of candy to come put up for the candy drive for our fall festival that's going to be coming up in just four weeks. Just four weeks away, guys. So it's getting real close. Also, thinking about IT stuff, just a quick uh, testimony. I think it's pretty awesome. Not testimony, but a little fact. John was showing me Thursday night at our Thursday night service. If you don't come on Thursday nights, we have free meal and, and uh, devotional and, and, and go over our prayer list on Thursday nights. But John shared with me Thursday night there's several of our YouTubes. If you didn't know, we're being filmed every day. We have a YouTube channel. Some of the sermons, one I think had over, uh, one had over 500, and I think the other had over 600 views. And that's just a couple of them. Uh, most of them are down in the lower numbers, but still some of them are way up there with a lot of views. And, and that's people that are listening to the scripture and listening to the service that may not be here. I mean, they may be here. Maybe one of you guys are watching it 400 times. You really needed it. I don't know. But there's a, there's a lot of views on that. So again, if you're watching by that, uh, go on our website, go on our Facebook page, get our address. You can mail us candy too. There you go. Um, but mainly, guys, be, be, be praying about that. And if you say, well, I don't have money to buy candy and things, that's okay. You can still be lifting it up in prayer. Be praying for the kids and the families and everybody that's going to be here that they see Christ through us. I don't preach, normally I don't don't preach verbally a sermon that night. However, they see a sermon through everyone's actions as we present Christ in our actions to others. So I pray that you can lift that up in prayer that we'll be able to do that together. Um, And I guess that's enough announcements. John, don't sit down. (laughs) Come on up, brother. It's your turn. Amen. Father God, I thank you for John and all he does with all our IT stuff and filming it and doing the YouTube and the Facebook and all that stuff for us, Lord God. May you continue to bless his willingness to share the talents you've given him with us. God, as he opens the word now, may you bless him and his family as we hear you through him. And God, thank you for for using him in such a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. get a lot of recognition, but him and Morgan and Bob and all them, they need to be... Thank you. Is the mic on? Hello? Hello? Okay. So uh, 
I uh, uh, was praying about what to say for the scripture reading because it, nothing was coming to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, right right as the service started, it kind of clicked, and I, I just love when that happens. But uh, 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 Matthew 25, starting in uh, verse 14, Jesus is talking about the kingdom of heaven. He says, For it's just like a man going on a journey. He called his own slaves and turned over his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, each according to his ability. And he does that with us. He gives us talents uh, and, and uh, according to our abilities. And uh, he went on a journey. Immediately the man who received five talents went and put them to work and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. You could even say talent like we think of a talent today, a gift that you have uh, or an ability that you have just being hidden away and not, uh, not being used to glorify God. But that's what's happening here is he hid his master's money. He hid, he hid that talent. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. The man who received five talents approached and presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five talents. Look, I've earned five more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful over a few things. Uh, I will put you in charge of many things. Share in your master's joy. Then the man with the two talents approached. And he said, Master, you gave me two talents. Look, I've earned two more talents. And his master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share in your master's joy. Notice how the same response, whether it was five talents or two talents that were earned, God knew the ability of his uh, servants, and uh, he, uh, he entrusted them according to their ability. Then the man who received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man. Reaping where you haven't sown and gathering what you haven't where you haven't scattered seed. Well, isn't that kind of what we're here to do? So I I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his master replied to him, "You evil, lazy slave! If I if you knew that I reap where I haven't sown or gathered where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers." And when I returned, I would have received my money back with interest. Well, back in the day, yes, but now you deposit your money with the bank and it's gone. Fees and penalties and whatnot, but anyway. Uh, so take your talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to, to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing slave into the outer darkness, in the place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So my question to myself and to everyone here is, what are we doing with our talents? Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we lift up this uh, service to you. We ask that you would guide us and direct us according to your will. and. 
and give us wisdom and knowledge and discernment and understanding uh, throughout the message we hear today and throughout the week ahead. Uh, guide us uh, to be servants in your kingdom as you would have us to be according to your will. And we thank you for your many blessings. We praise your glorious name above all names. In the name of Jesus, we ask these things. For yours is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. Glad all of you guys know the routine. <laughs> Congratulations. I hope you're ready to sing. We're going to sing a few songs this morning. Uh, just let yourself take in the words. Mighty to save forever, author 
giver of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. Shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen King. Jesus, shine your light and let the whole world see. We're singing for the glory of the risen And conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the Sound 
Sunday's good songs, but I liked all those today. Amen? If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And as we, as you're turning there, I'm going to ask you to watch a video. There's a group that Stormy and Wendy presented to me a while back, and I've been keeping up with them ever since. It's an acapella group called Home Free. And their new song, or at least new to me, I think it's the new song because it, I got an alert this past week that it was a new song. Something blowing up up here, Chris? We're giving some deep authority to my voice back here. <laughs> um, anyway, this group came out with another song, and as I was watching it this morning, uh, this morning, this week, uh, actually prior to uh, taking Annabelle to school, it was early morning, uh, God just spoke through it to me. And then, sure enough, as I was thinking about it, is this what you want me to preach to? Then I had to have a long, intimate conversation with someone this week exactly on what this song was speaking to. And that's how I knew that's what God brought together for me to share with you today. So I want you to watch this, this uh, video that the guys are going to put on screen. This is an a cappella group. Uh, some, I like watching this. Sometimes I can't tell how they make all the sounds. But this one's pretty straightforward. How much of my mother has my mother left in me? How much of my love will be insane to some degree? What about this feeling that I'm never good enough? Will it wash out in the water? Or is it always in the blood? How much? 
church of my father am I destined to become? Will I dim the lights inside me just to satisfy someone? Will I let this woman kill me or do away with jealous love? Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? I can't feel the love I want. I can't feel the love I need. But it's never gonna come the way I am. Could I change it if I wanted? Can I rise above the flood? Will it wash out in the water? Or is it always in the blood? How much like my brothers do my brothers want to be? Does a broken home become another broken family? Will we be there for each other like nobody ever could? Will it wash out in the water or is it always in the blood? I can feel the love I want, I can feel the love I need, but it's never gonna come the way I am. Change it if I want it. Can I rise above the flood? Will it wash out in the water? Or is it always in the blood? you see the title of the song was in the blood so originally you think oh it's going to be a song about the blood of christ but that's not what the song was about right no the song that they just sang that group's name's home free i'm just make sure you know who sang that so that they see it on the video they get the proper rights to that but the um it asks a question that sherry was a little bit exasperated with because it they didn't ever answer the question they were asking and I want to share with you a message about that this morning because I think that society as a whole has pa- passed off an answer to the people that is absolutely not true. In addictions, whatever one it is, whatever it may be, whatever your addiction may be or has been, 
the question that this song asks, is it in our blood? Is it in our genes? In other words, is there nothing that I can do about that? That it's just what I was born with, it's passed on from my mother, it's passed on from my father, it's passed on uh, by my brother's actions, whatever it may be. This is an addiction, and there's nothing I can do about it. It's just in the blood. It's never going to be washed away. Folks, let me share with you this morning that Satan's snares come in many, many forms. I understand that. But I think the most common form of, of, a, of a snare is addictions. And not only is that one of the most common forms he uses to ensnare us, but then he places people in some very powerful positions in the world to let us know, or to at least tell us, to try to inform us that there's nothing we can do about it. That once we are ensnared, whether it be since childhood, whether it be by something that's transpired in our teenage years, or something that we start dabbling in as an adult, doesn't matter. Once we are ensnared, society and the world tends to try to tell us today that we have no choice. That's just the way it's going to be. There's nothing you can do about it, no matter whatever you try. Once you've inherited it, it is yours, and you're going to pass it along to the next generation, and they're going to pass it along to the next generation. And folks, I would share with you this morning, that is absolutely not true. And not only can I tell you that it's not true scripturally, which we're going to do this morning, but I am also preaching to you out of experience. And I still deal with certain issues. And I can tell you there were times and things that I've had to deal with in my life that has been told me that there's nothing you can do about it. This is who you are going to be. And I can stand here and testify today that I chose not to be that person. We do not have to be uh, delegitimate. We don't have to legitimize the fact that we have these things. We need to acknowledge them and then deal with these addictions. Now, you may be out there saying, but Pastor, you don't know how hard these addictions may be. I pretty much guarantee you I do know how hard some of them can be. And I also can submit to you this morning that there are things that can happen to you since you were a very small child. Many of you may have not heard my testimony, but I came from an abusive home until Child Protective Services pulled me out of the home and, and came from a very harsh abuser, almost killed my brother. It's the only reason we finally got out of there. So I, and, and people say, well, abuse runs in the family. You can't kick that habit. And I can testify to you, you can ask any one of my eight kids, I have not abused them. Times I wanted to, but I made a choice. I made a decision. Am I a perfect parent? Absolutely not. But I chose not to let that label, and when I approached my father with this later years, when I was older, and, and as a Christian, I knew I needed to forgive, and, and I got hold of my biological father. His excuse was, my daddy did it to me, and his daddy did it to him. Therefore, I couldn't help but do it to y'all. Strange, because I chose not to do it to my children. It can be dealt with. You can break the addictions that hold you. It is Satan who tells you otherwise. Webster's definition of addiction, if you was to look it up, is to devote or surrender oneself to something or someone habitually or obsessively. In other words, to give yourself over to some entity. Now, what are some of the more common addictions? You could name off a, a, a whole list of them, I'm sure. Some of the ones we don't think about sometimes, uh, admiration of others can be an addiction. Uh, alcohol, anger, drugs, uh, that could be illegal prescription, fantasies, gossip, 
People get addicted to gossip, discrediting others so they may feel better about themselves. I think people get addicted to things such as that. Um, pornography, power, self-pity. There's people who get addicted to that self-pity. Brian brought a great message this past Thursday night on not stopping and, and sitting down and setting up tents in the, in the valley of the shadow of death. It says, I shall lead you through as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But people get addicted to that. They don't want to sit up camp there. We can get addicted to stealing, to swearing, to, to television. There's so many things that we can, can get addicted to, and we don't even realize it until it has us. And I would step, share with you this morning that I believe that all of us, at some point or another, every single one of us, has been addicted to something. In, in, in some way, somehow, we have been addicted to something in our lives. Therefore, we... We should not be aloof. We should not uh, be judgmental without compassion just because our addictions may not be as, as, as prominent as others. Just because our addictions may be more of a secretive nature does not mean that we should judge other people. Oh, well, that's an alcoholic, or he's just a druggie, or he's this, or she's that. We should be real careful about throwing those kinds of accusations around because I think all of us have had to deal with addictions of some sort or another. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, you can go back and look this up later, or, or maybe even look at it right now so you can underline it, but it says, amongst whom also we all, we all, is what you want to circle, amongst whom we all once conducted ourselves to the lusts of the flesh. He's saying that every one of us at some point or another, have. it goes on to say, fulfilling the desires of the mind and the, the flesh. Every one of us, it says, we all, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, at one point or another, have done something that was of the flesh. So we need to be real careful before we start trying to point out other people and nail and rail on other people. Addictions affect all of us in one way or another. In addiction, the flesh strongly desires something. Our flesh wants something or someone. And, then, and thereby, the flesh wanting it so bad, our will is taken captive by our flesh and we become unable to say no to the insistence of what it wants. It keeps saying, I want this, I want this, I want this. And when we give in to the flesh, we allow our will to be captured and we do whatever it is. And that, and that means addiction to whatever it may be, whether it be cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever you want to throw out there, overeating. Whatever the addiction is, it's when we allow our flesh to capture our will and keep us bound up and tied down. Well, pastor, my wills may not be as strong as yours. I'm not saying you have to be strong-willed like I am or anyone else. I'm saying that there is a way to beat the addiction, and that is by putting your will in the will of Jesus Christ, and in that will, there is nothing that can prevail. For the will of Christ is righteousness. When we get into that condition, we, we should stop and say, Lord, here am I. We cannot experience God's freedom that's found in Christ as long as our will is captured by some other addiction that's not of God. In Galatians chapter 5, in Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says this, Christ has liberated us into freedom. Therefore, stand firm and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, whip over to verse 13. It says, For you are called to freedom, brothers. Only, don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. Don't use the freedom as an opportunity to indulge 
in the fleshly things, but love one another. You see, our flesh is our undoing. The carnal nature of who we are wants to do things that are not of God. Now think about that for just a minute. How do addictions come? After spending years of, of, of studying this and kind of counseling with people, I can tell you that addictions can be very complex. It can be very complex as to, to what's going on in your life, how they, how they take hold. Many people engage in harmful behavior and, and may not even be clinically diagnosed as an addict. They just engage in this thing, and it results oftentimes into a, a lifetime of trauma. It just takes effect in our lives. And this is one of the bottom lines I would say here, guys. Unresolved trauma, whatever it may be, is the root of the, most of our major life conflicts facing individuals and families. And you may say, well, that's some kind of psychobabble. No. When we have the trauma that has taken place in our lives, whether as a child, whether as a teenager, whether as an adult, doesn't matter. When we have these traumas in our lives and we do not face them, when we do not acknowledge them, when we try to pretend that they just do not exist any longer, that's when addictions come. That's when personal dysfunction, relationship conflicts, divorce, abusive behaviors that hurt you and others in your family, those kind of things stem from not stopping, turning around, and looking at the problem and saying, this is what I must do. Now, does that take willpower? Absolutely. Is it hard to do? Absolutely. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm telling you that addictions can be beat, beaten, and I don't care what some psychologist says. If we will stop and put ourselves in Christ and look at the, at the root of the problem, it, it, family and individual traumas, it, it, things that have happened in our lives, guys, we can handle that if we stop and go to Christ and say, thus saith the Lord. If we choose not to, then it's going to affect our lives. It's going to affect our lives. It's going to affect other people's lives. And it's going to continue until you pass it on to the next generation. When an individual or, or family does not seek to heal those wounds, when they do not choose to make a stand, I, I, back to my testimony for just a moment. I, I had surrendered uh, to, to ministry, I guess you will, and I was a, I was a youth pastor and, and I was doing things. But I still had anger issues. I mean, I knew, even though I was studying the Bible and I was doing what I was supposed to do and trying to be what I was supposed to be, I knew that I could explode at the, at the snap of fingers. I knew I had these anger issues. And I prayed daily and I, thought, I said, Lord, this is my thorn in my side. Please don't let me go off on so-and-so or on so-and-so or on my kids or my wife. I knew I had these anger issues, even after surrendering to the ministry. But... Then I was, uh, we moved out here to South Texas, and I was at a revival one time at First Baptist Lavernia. And I was at this revival, and this young man is preaching a message, and, and it was getting a hold of me, and I, I thought, God, how are you using this kid to get into me? This, this kid that's never really known any true adversities and all this stuff, but he did. And I got on my knees, and I realized that the reason I had those anger issues still because I never went and actually focused and went back to the root of the problem, to the, to the man that had been abusing me, back to, the, to the, my biological father and say, I forgive you. And because I forgive you, I choose not to be you and move on with my life. Now, I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but what you do need to do is to face that problem. I know myself, again, this is my personal testimony, when I faced 
the problem that has set out there before me, when I looked it in the eye and said, I refuse to be like you, and acknowledged also too that God still loves you and you can come to know Christ, that's when all of a sudden, the ang- I, I still have anger issues, but all of a sudden, in fact, it was like just two weeks later, uh, I was licensed into the ministry to preach. It was like just a month or two later, all of a sudden I'm preaching. I thought I was just going to te- preach once a month somewhere or something, and I'd never, I've still never walked back into my Sunday school class because God immediately put me behind a pulpit. But the reason why he hadn't done it sooner is because I was refusing to face the issues in myself. I was refusing to face the root of the problem. But once I stopped and faced that root, and I was able to remember in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, you know what that says? It says that our weapons of warfare are not carnal. I did not have to continue to fight my addictions, which this one was anger. I had others as well. But I did not have to continue to try to fight that. That was my hard addiction right there, was my anger. And I could flip it. Now I can tell you, I didn't know it at the time. It was psychological, I guess. But I used to flip it on and off at will. If I wanted to fight, I fought. But I realized that my weapons that, that are given to us for warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God pulling down the strongholds of man. My weapons were not of this world. And the psychologists say, well, you just have to deal with it. That's because they're trying to deal with it with the weapons of this world. When I put and when you put and when we put our addictions and whatever they may be in the hands of an almighty God and choose to place and align ourselves with his word, his will, his doctrine, addictions can be beaten. Well, pastor, I've been doing this for 50 years. Doesn't matter. If it's not of God, my God can get rid of it. But the more I dabble in it, you know what Satan's doing? He's building a wall around you, brick by brick, drink by drink, smoke by smoke, uh, charge by charge, bad movie after bad movie. Each time we do it, he's putting another brick in a wall that's between you and the Lord. Each time you succumb and allow your flesh to become the, the ruler over you rather than your own will rule who you are, who you placed in Christ, which we'll look at in just a moment, the more you allow the addiction to take hold of you, the bigger the wall is getting between you and God. And the more it's dominating you rather than you dominating it. And that could be something as simple as television. Oh, pastor, I'm not addicted to television. I'm not addicted to iPads or iPods or whatever they're called. How many hours do you read your Bible in a week compared to how much TV you watch in a week? How much time do you spend in this rather than in studying God's Word? You might see that if it's backwards, there's a problem there. The flesh has a, an insatiable desire, folks, for pleasure. And it, it, it wants its longings gratified. Now, some of you guys may be worse than others. I know I'm pretty bad. I, I, if I want it, you know, Rod hit me the, between the eyes the other day. I shared it in Sunday school just this morning after I bought my bike. He said, well, you prayed about it, didn't you? Eh, kind of. Didn't pray like I probably should have. Now, I still feel good with it because I serve a loving God, and he's up there kind of shaking his head. But sometimes I'll let my flesh make decisions before my mind. And I have to stop and acknowledge that. My will is to be what directs me, not the longings of my flesh. When I keep conceding to the flesh, and that flesh is simply going to continue to get bolder and bolder and more controlling over my will, 
And the more it gets control over my will, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to give in other areas also. The more I give into this addiction, the more this addiction is going to show up. The more this one's going to show up. Or it may not be an addiction yet, but it's going to show. Folks, God delivers us from these addictions. Not just because they're harmful to us and harmful to others, which oftentimes it really is. Because these addictions make a, a blockage between us and He. God cares about you and I. He doesn't want us to defile ourselves and hurt ourselves with whatever these addictions may be. But even more so, when we allow that addiction, whatever it is, to become a hindrance to our relationship with Christ, He wants to tear it down. He wants to just get rid of it. And you know what, guys? That addiction becomes an idol. When we run to an addiction in tough times before we run to God, oh, it's just a smoke, it's just a drink, it's just a, uh, I run to her house or his house. When we run to that before we run to God, that's become our idol. When we turn and reward ourselves in good times with that drink, that smoke, that run into so-and-so's house, whatever it is, that extra plate of food, whatever it is, when we reward ourselves before we reward ourselves with God, it's become an idol. Well, Pastor, I don't like you calling my addictions idols. When you put them before the Lord, that's the definition of an idol. Whether we like it or not doesn't change the fact. Now listen to me, folks. And as I say, I speak from personal experiences. Addictions truly are idols by other names. We'll call it this or we'll call it that. Well, Pastor, I would never say that it's an idol. doesn't change. If we will go to whatever it is before we open God's Word, we got a problem. You know, I, I remember way back when, most of y'all probably wouldn't even know, but way back when I used to smoke two packs of Pall Malls a day. And if I was drinking, it'd be even more. Some Fridays I'd go three or four packs of cigarettes and Saturday could hardly breathe because I'd smoked so many cigarettes. And, and, and those cigarettes, and even to this day, if I'm really concentrating on something, you know, my hand still hits this pocket. My hand still comes up here after 20, wow, 25 years now. My hand still hits my pocket sometimes. That's how bad my flesh has hold over that, that thought sometimes. But praise God, most of the time now when I'm stuck on something, whether I'm working on the car, whether I'm trying to counsel somebody, but I'm trying to put together a sermon. You know what my first thing now, though, is? It isn't I need a smoke. It's, Lord, show me what you want me to see. Lord, what would you have me to do here? And you know what's so cool about that? He's going to show me great things. I don't have to worry about my chest hurting on Saturday. He's going to show me where he wants me to go. Now, before you say, well, that, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm doomed. You're telling me that I have these addictions and that I, I watch too much TV and I do this. I'm not saying you're doomed. The Bible provides the most sure way, guys, of handling addictions. It's very straightforward and very clear. To overcome the lusts of the flesh, to overcome the addictions of the flesh, to overcome whatever it is that's, that's uh, potentially depriving you of, 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 of benefits in this life or maybe even potentially depriving you of glory in heaven. Whatever it is that has become a hindrance between you and Christ can be handled with Christ. You see, sobriety or relief from whatever it is, comes when we allow our will to be God's will. When we allow our personal will to be empowered by Christ, when we allow God to indwell us and the Holy Spirit 
Acts 1.8 says that when you accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit came upon you and empowered you. In other words, your will. You may say, I have no willpower, Pastor. And you may not have very much. But let me tell you, the Holy Spirit that indwells you is the utmost pinnacle of willpower. And when every time you want that, whatever the addiction is, you stop and you pray, Lord, I'm back again. Lord, take this from me. Lord, I, I, I want to follow your direction. Lord, I need your strength right now. You may find yourself in continuous prayer for a few months. But the closer you draw yourself onto Christ, the further from the addiction you've walked. Now look at verse 16. Still in Galatians 5. Whether it's alcoholism, the sexual immorality, doesn't matter. People say, well, homosexuals are born this way. Alcoholics are born this way. Abusers are born this way. Look, look at verse 16. Verse 16 says, I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will not. Will not. There's no, there's no way to interpret this any differently. You can't say, well, pastor, you're reading it skewed. No. These are pretty clear words, even for Clinton. Very straightforward. I say then, Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Wow. Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. If spiritual growth continues in a person and God's words are to be believed and we continue to grow, then we will reveal the best completed works of God. We won't be continually running to the addictions because we're going to be continually wanting to show what the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives. We're going to be showing Christ. The more I study God's Word, the more an addicted individual comes to a place where their will is dead to the flesh, and that includes being dead to the cravings, the more it's going to show that the will has taken hold. And my will chooses to be in Christ. And if I'm in Christ, what did it say? Walk by the Spirit. If my will is walking by the Spirit of God, then I will not carry out the desires of the flesh. Addictions are of the flesh. God has given you a will. You can overcome whatever your addiction is. And I'm not trying to be some motivational speaker that you're going to pay on the weekends or something like that. They have all these seminars for. I can't do that. And you may not be able to do it on your own, but through Christ who strengthens you. That's why it says, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. If that statement is maintained, if you will truly, to the best of your ability, walk by the flesh, I mean, walk by the Spirit, the flesh fails. You'll lose the desire for those things. Now, over time, you know, uh, uh, Brother Dennis may share his testimony with you here soon. But one thing Brother Dennis said that when he got saved, God took his, his addiction away just like that. Hallelujah. Myself, I still deal with some of them. Some he took away, some I still deal with. But I feel as Paul, that thorn in my side, keeps me humble and reminds me I'm no better than anybody else. Do I allow those addictions to run me and rule my life? No. I walk by the Spirit to the best of my ability. So even though it may fly in this ear, I can put it out this ear over here. A pastor once said, he was my mentor actually, he said, you may not be able to stop that buzzard from flying in, but don't let him build a nest, but shoo him out the other side. Absolutely. The way you beat addiction 
is putting your will in the Spirit of God, walking in the Spirit, and you won't carry out the thoughts of the flesh. You won't carry out the desires of the flesh. Now, I understand that sometimes those unseen spirits are, are wanting to seed and fan those addictions. Of course. Satan wants to do whatever he can to continue to build that wall between you and God. When he sees you start tearing that wall down, he's going to do everything he can to build it back up. Whatever your addiction is, whatever drives you to it, he's going to say, okay, uh, drop that beautiful woman in front of him so he'll, he'll go back to his addiction. Drop that, that financial crisis in front of her so that she has to go back to her addiction. Do whatever you can, but get them back. I'm just hearing speaking to his minions. Get them back to their addiction because when they're tearing down their addictions, they're growing closer to God. And when they're growing closer to God, they're going to produce fruit that's going to lead others closer to God. Get the addictions back out there. But if we are walking by the Spirit, the Scripture says, I will not give in to the desires of the flesh. Now sometimes I understand it's people, other people introducing thoughts and things into our mind that become addictions. Again, once we acknowledge they're causing issues, once we acknowledge it's taking away prayer time, it's acknowledge it's taking away study time, acknowledge it's hurting myself or my family, I need to stop and treat it as an addiction. Whether society does or not doesn't change the fact. Somebody did this this week could not comprehend that television could be an addiction. When everything you do centers around that 30-inch, 48-inch, whatever screen it is at your house, when your schedule surrounds that, when you make choices and decisions based on that, I say we may have a trouble with that. Now, I don't mean to be prying. I'm not, and no, I wasn't looking in anybody's windows, I promise. But it's for you to say. It's for you to ask. Lord, has this become my idol? Origins aside, it doesn't matter where they actually come from. When we give in to them, when we give in to whatever that desire of the flesh is, we can be kept from God. We allow a wall to be built. The more they tempt us and we yield to those desires, the more we're giving up the things and the blessings that we, God had intended for us in this life. And until we learn to, to allow God, as Paul said, to take every thought captive, the more we allow God to, to grab a hold of us, the more we allow ourselves to immerse ourselves in the Spirit, the more we can by an act of godly will, maybe not your will, but by godly will, say no. I, I was sharing with someone this this week. I had an app on my phone. And I noticed I was getting more and more. It was just pictures and stuff. But I was getting more and more where I was just, just looking at this app. And that's why I... You know, I don't do the Facebook thing and all that stuff, that social media that just seems to absolutely eat up people's time. I don't have time for that. But I did find out I had this app, and I realized one day, man, I spent 15 minutes sitting here, and it seemed like just a minute or two. And I, that happened about three times where I realized 15, 20 minutes, I deleted the app. Was it a bad app? No. And when I say delete, I didn't say I moved it to the back. I went to uninstall and got it off my phone. Why? Because I don't have 15 minutes here or there to blow for something that has absolutely no purpose to me. Now, that's me. That may not be you, but to me, I saw that as that's becoming an addiction of some sort. Gone. Done. It's not of the Lord. I don't need it. Why am I sharing that with you guys? Because you may realize right now, wow, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good, but this is coming between me and the Lord. 
This is coming between me and my spouse. This is coming between me and my church. This is coming between me and what God has called me to be. Whatever it is. Now, my, mine may be trivial. Sherry thinks I'm silly the way I do that with my phone. But whatever it is that God's convicting you of, if you're still doing it after he's convicted you of it, you're putting a brick. He said, well, you don't understand, Pastor. I just can't kick it. You can't. But through Christ Jesus, you can. If you will walk in the Spirit of the, of, of the Lord, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. See, that's where we fail so, so often, guys. That's where we, we stumble. We neglect God. When we neglect God, when we're not walking by the Spirit, when I say neglect God, what am I saying? I'm not saying you don't come to church on Sunday. But when you get to where your prayer, maybe you were praying once a day. Life got involved. Kids got involved. You got football games. You got this. You got that. And all of a sudden you realize you're praying only three times a week. Well, you're still doing your Bible study every day. Well, then stuff happens. You realize you're down to praying just a couple of times a week and Bible study a couple of times a week and doing your devotional in the bathroom in the mornings once a week. Little by little, and all of a sudden, the more God goes down, you know what happens exponentially? The addictions go up. The more we quit walking in the Spirit of God, the more we allow our will to be taken from Christ and put into the world, the more the world will have a hold over us. That's why he says to walk by the Spirit. That's why it's imperative, guys, that you pray on a daily basis. I would even suggest pray several times throughout the day. Study your Bible. You have this incredibly overbearing urge to watch TV. Ask yourself first, but have I done my Bible study yet? Oh, pastor, I'm not a child. You don't treat me like I have chores. I'm not saying that. I'm saying treat yourself that way. If you can't discipline yourself to not turn on the TV before you read your Bible, then make you a little list. Have you done your Bible study yet? And discipline yourself to walk in the Spirit. The more we walk in the Spirit, the less we'll walk in the world. The less we walk in the Spirit, the more we'll walk in the world. The less we pray and study, the more we'll find ourselves with unholy addictions. You can kick whatever the addiction is, guys. And, and I'm not saying not to use Nicoderm or whatever the world says, whatever the addiction is you're convicted of. But what I'm saying is you can do it by an act of willpower and the willpower is not just saying, I'm going to quit this. The willpower is, I choose this. And the more you pray, the more you study, the more you immerse yourself in God's word, the more you're going to be immersed in God's spirit. The more you're immersed in God's spirit, the more you're walking with the spirit. The more you're walking with the spirit, what did it say? You will not give in to the desires of the flesh. Now, am I saying this is easy? No. I don't want you leaving out of here and saying, well, the pastor said that should be done and I'm having trouble. I keep slipping back, so maybe I just don't know who God is. That's Satan. I'm not telling you it's easy. I'm telling you it can be done. I'm not telling you, like the song said, that it's always in the blood. That it came from your mom and daddy and there's nothing you can do about it. No, that's not true. What I'm telling you is that through the blood of Jesus Christ, I can be free of whatever the blood of that person gave me. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I can be free of whatever uh, things I have inherited from my family or from my peers. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, I can be made a new creation. 
But for that to work, for this to really take hold, a person has to be motivated. And not, capital N-O-T, not looking for excuses. If you're looking for excuses, you'll find them. Satan will make sure you find them. You really want to quit whatever the addiction is? Then you have to be motivated. That you have to say, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I can tell you, speak, share with you several different people that tried to quit smoking, who tried to quit drinking throughout their life. Several times they'd stop for a month, two months, one even stopped a couple of years that I'm thinking of. But when the doctor told them, you take any more, you smoke another one or you drink any more of this, you're dead. Amazing how their motivation changed and they quit. Now, I'm not belittling them, nor would I hope that I'm not belittling you guys. I'm saying it's our motivation. Are we motivated towards this? Or are we motivated towards our flesh? Or if I am motivated to walk in the Spirit of God, now I'm not saying any of us are perfect, but if I'm motivated to walk in the Spirit, a whole lot less chance that I'm going to be walking in the flesh. Can I truthfully say that I am no longer an addict? I would say that it depends on what I answers you. If the eye of my fleshly self was to answer, yeah. I would run I could run back to things I know I shouldn't do. I could probably do so pretty easily on some of them. I know that even even today with my anger, if um, things are done just right, I have to pray hard not to allow that anger just to come out. I have to be a not be a man, be 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 godly and just say no. But if I answer from the eye that it says that I am a child of the king, that I believe that he is whom he says he is, if I answer from the eye that, that I know has been joined as one with Christ, as a joint heir to the throne, then I can say no, I am not an addict. Because I can say no to whatever it is. Does that mean I might not dabble here and there and do something dumb every once in a while? No, I may do that. But if I can say, stop and say, no, don't want it, have nothing to do with it, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I beat the addiction. Folks, this morning, the question's fairly simple. Have you truly surrendered everything to Christ? Because whatever it is you have not, is what Satan's going to use to build a wall between you and God. Whatever that addiction may be, and you may say, what's well, trivial, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not hurting anyone. You may not realize it, but Satan's using brick by brick building a, a wall between you and God with an idol. Maybe your car. Maybe your workplace. It may be immorality. It may be money. Prestige. Gossip. Slander. Lying, cheating, stealing. I don't know. It may be something of noble causes. I mean, noble looks to it. If it's not what God would have you to do, but yet you run to it before you run to God, there's a problem. There's a problem. But you can break it through the Spirit of Jesus Christ. All addictions can be beaten. Now, I understand some are harder than others, and there are medical things to help you with this, especially if you have psychological disorders and, and chemical imbalances. 
But bottom line, you come to Christ. Don't look for excuses. Be motivated just to climb out. Now, as I was praying about this, I really prayed, Lord, is this what you would have me to share? Because I do tend to be one of those kinds of people that believe that for whatever reason, you should be capable to do whatever it is you need to do to the best of your ability. Therefore, I've been labeled as strong-willed, strong-minded, or stubborn. And that may not fit you. But I'm telling you that my God wants you on a godly path. And if you will be motivated to seek out that godly path, you don't have to have this personality trait I have. God will do it for you. But you have to be motivated enough to seek him out. It's your choice, your decision, whatever they may be. Now, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're already lost. It is in your blood. And that is sin. It was put there by the first Adam. It, it, that sin is there. And the only way to get out of that is to accept Jesus Christ for whom he says he was, the Son of God. Dead, buried, rose again, and ascended to the right hand of God the Father. You accept that, believe that, not just with your mind, but with your heart. And guess what? You're cleansed. Yes, you still have that old bad blood in you that says you're in Christ now. You're bathed by the blood of the Lamb. And when you're bathed by the blood of the Lamb, you don't have to worry about what was in the blood before. You just take it to Christ. So where are you this morning? If you didn't hear anything else, I pray that if you don't know Christ, you come to accept Him. If you do know Christ, Galatians 5, verse 16. If you walk by the Spirit, then you will not give in to the fleshly desires. Can you say that today? Will that fit you today? We're about to have an altar call. We're going to close the word of invitation. You're welcome to come to this altar. I'll pray with you. You can pray right where you're at. But here's what I want you to ask yourself. First of all, you don't know Jesus Christ. That's your primary. Don't, don't worry about all the other addictions because if you don't know Christ, you can't beat them. Christ is the one who's going to beat it. And if you don't, you've not surrendered to his majesty, then you're still the opponent to him. You're either for me or against me. And if you're trying to ride the wall, God says it makes him sick. He'll spew you out of his mouth. Choose your sides. Choose this day, as Joshua said. As for me and my house, we choose to serve the Lord. Choose Christ. But once you've chosen Christ, then I want you to ask yourself, am I walking by the Spirit? Am I studying the Word of God? Am I praying like I should? Or am I giving more time to the television, the computer, the Facebook pages? I know people that spend an ungodly amount of time on Facebook. And I, I, I'm not beating up Facebook, Brian. Brian teases back and forth. I'm not beating up Facebook. It's not Facebook's fault. It's you if you've chosen to spend that much time. Give God as much time as you give Facebook and see if your life don't change. Might be some wondrous things there. Let's stand and pray, and I want you to seek God yourself and ask God, God, what would you have me to change? And if God says, man, you are doing everything right, you are all that, a bag of chips and a bottle of pop, Coke, then hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I have a feeling he won't say that to us. If he does, hallelujah. Think this morning. Pray as we pray together. Father God, I come before you this morning. I thank you.
that I don't have to try to deal with addictions and struggles on my own, that I know through your spirit that empowers me, as it said in Acts 1-8 would happen when I come to accept you. That spirit that indwells me has already conquered any addiction of this world. That Holy Spirit is not pulled down by fleshly desires. But yet I tend to hide it when I, when I chase those fleshly desires. God, thank you. You didn't tell us that we have to be unhappy and ugly and sit in a corner. We can have fun and enjoy one another and enjoy life. But there's a proper way to do so and an ungodly way to do so. Help us to focus on you so we'll choose the godly pathways. So that we will choose life over death. That we will choose what strengthens our family rather than tears it apart. What strengthens our character rather than tears down our character. May we choose you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 As we sing this morning, if God's speaking, you might want to pray where you're at, come to the altar, or you may want to just say, thank you, Jesus, I don't have to deal with this on my own. I do that all the time. I do that all the time. As something as simple as that little gaming app I had on my phone, a little picture game app, you may say, well, that's no big deal. But you know, when I got rid of it, I still was kind of like, are you really going to uninstall it? And that little bit of rationing, rationalizing in my mind made up my mind, I need to get rid of this. If it has that much hold on me, then I'm going to throw a fit about it. And I did. Can you do the same through the blood of Jesus Christ, whatever it is in your life? You can. Through Jesus. As we sing. Guys, please understand, I'm not saying it's easy. It, it may be incredibly difficult. Your body may scream and shake and go through withdrawals. I remember one time I, I had a friend of mine ask me, how in the world uh, did you quit smoking so easily? Don't you want a cigarette? And, and he saw it. My hands were shaking. I was sick. I said, brother, I want a beer so bad I care less about cigarettes. <laughs> and I did. It took me... You know, it really took almost six months or better before my hands settled. And as an electrician in motor controls, that's not a good habit to have, you know, when you're working on hot panels. But the first couple of weeks, I, I, I thought something was really wrong with me because my hands shook so bad. Uh, now they just shake because I'm old. <laughs> but guys, I'm not telling you it's easy. But the more you walk in the spirit, the less you walk in the flesh. That's what the scripture says. Maybe hard, but you can do it through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. Amen? Amen. Don't allow those verses to become cliche verses. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. People throw that around now because it just seems like a nice thing to say. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't true. Let it be what it is. You are more than a conqueror. You're a son of the king. Amen. Guys, good seeing everybody this morning. I invite you back to see you at 6 o'clock. We are in Revelations chapter 2. We're on the church of Thyatira tonight. I uh, encourage you to come and, and be a part of that if you can. Um, uh, what else? And, and remember, Fall Fest is coming. Be lifting it up in prayer. Uh, and also, too, be lifting up. Uh, you know, Satan thinks this is his month. Pray that people don't get their minds twisted by whatever the 
Hollywood and everyone else wants to put out there. I, Annabelle and I saw a preview for a movie that is just, the preview to me was just like, why? You know, it's just, and people wonder why people do crazy, weird things to one another. Um, even prayer this month, that everybody will keep their eyes focused where God needs them to focus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Good seeing everybody. Keep looking up. And guys, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord in all you say and do, and watch what he'll do for you. Amen? Brother Brian, will you close us in prayer this morning, brother? Father, thank you for, uh, for letting us come to your house. God, thank you for the fellowship that we have with one another. Uh, the brotherhood. Just all your blessings. God, we mostly thank you for feeding us with your word and with your spirit. Go our separate ways uh, this week, Lord. Put us in uh, positions to serve you, God, and then you just clean us so you can use us, God. And do guide us, Lord. Um, just guide us with your perfect love. Uh, I pray these things in Jesus' holy, precious, sweet, sweet name. Amen. Hallelujah, guys. Open the door and there she is. I didn't want to like open it and then hit you or something so I was waiting until I was like, tell the truth. She's like, you told her I can't do it. I didn't want to open it. I'm going 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 to open it. I'm I'm not going to